What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft, the Director of Education at Pioneer RX. And today I want to start off talking about uh, movies a little bit. I grew up in the 90s and the 2000s, and I was kind of a movie buff. And I watched very many movies that focused on these strong leaders fighting against uh, injustice in one form or another. And they gave us great quotes that we uh, can recall today. And you instantly know that leader, and it takes you back to a feeling and an emotion. Quotes like, like what we do in life echoes in eternity. On Wednesdays, we wear pink and that uh, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. These uh, iconic quotes from these leaders uh, fighting injustice in those movies. And so today we're going to talk to another one of those gladiators uh, joining us from Phipps Pharmacy. Jay Phipps, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Will. I'm really excited to to be here and and I am not a movie buff, but I recall I recognize two of the quotes right off the bat. So you're at least in my movie <laughs> genre, which is good. Well, <laughs> good deal. So um, that uh, that that intro, you know, when when we were emailing back and forth, you mentioned um, at one point that you know you thought it'd be really fun to you know be part of a podcast where you can talk about the gladiators of pharmacy. Um, and I was like, you know, that's such a cool, like, fun way to look at that. And it also kind of aligns your mission uh, really well. If you go in every day with that focus of, you know, it's not a daily grind, but it's a, a, a battle that I believe in and I'm going in to, you know, really improve the world. Um, it's a much different approach, I think. Absolutely. And that's really where we're at. Uh, I started using the, the term pharmacy gladiators um um, a while back, and to me, that's what we are. We're we're battling in our communities, whether it be in in independent pharmacy practice, long term care, whatever whatever practice we're doing. To me, we're battling, um, and and that's exactly what I want to um, have the way that I uh, approach life and approach um, pr approach every day in our practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your practice. Give me the give me the elevator pitch. If uh, if I bump into you at uh, at NCPA and we meet in the elevator. <laughs> Tell me about Phipps uh, Pharmacy. Uh, I, I'll try my best. I'll try not to have a super long elevator um, <laughs> ride here. Um, uh, I have um, my, me personally. I started um, uh, pharmacy as a drug information resident, so I'm not your in a normal independent community pharmacist. I, my plan was working in the drug industry, so I did a, a residency in drug information and pharmacotherapy. But during that residency, I had an opportunity. Um, to um, to open a pharmacy. And so I got a call from a friend of mine and he said, hey, would you like to be um, come work for me? We're opening a pharmacy. And I said, um, I'm really not that interested in, in working for you, but I would consider being a partner. And um, and for the pharmacy students that are that may listen to the podcast, it's important because I knew this person because I was involved as a student. I was a national APHA ASP national president and, and that gave me connections. And so um, I met with him, the the two gentlemen, and and 
brothers and they uh, and we worked it out so that we started a pharmacy fresh out of residency. So I've actually never worked for anyone else. Wow. Which um, really, as a manager, um, I've learned over the years that that presented a little bit of problem because I, I I literally got my first box of computer equipment, didn't know how to put it put it together, but I didn't have a we didn't have the money for an IT guy to come in, so I learned how to put it together and I've learned to solve problems on my own. So that's how we started. Um, currently, um, I, I own four pharmacies, um, uh, all in Middle and West Tennessee, and um, and blessed to have an amazing team. Um, so, so that that's the elevator pitch. We do compounding, com, um, normal um, community pharmacy practice. Um, lots of immunizations, lots of um, COVID shots have been been very prominent for us. Um, we've tried to stay on the edge. We did um, one of the few people in Tennessee doing monoclonal antibodies um, when we had that opportunity, and and um, I'm I'm always open to to expanding and looking at new ideas. But that's that's the the, the quick version of what we do. Um, uh, and, and as we, we talk a little bit, I'll, I'll talk about, um, how we got here and what, what really, we had a big evolution of two or three years ago. Um, that got us where we're at now, I believe. Um, and that's, um, that'll be, um, uh, further along down the discussion, but, th- but that's the elevator pitch of where we start at. Nice. What time frame was that? Like what year was that when you were coming out of, um, residency and, and took those first steps into a, a pharmacy ownership? So I know that I only look like I'm 30. Um, however, I've been out of school a little longer. Um, I graduated and um, I graduated in 99 and then did a residency in, in 2000, opened my first pharmacy in um, June 5th of 2000. Um, I, I had opened um, and and sold and do, did a couple things along the way, um, but I've always been um, an independent owner. Um, I bought my partners out after, um, I believe it was a year and a half. Um, uh, great fellows, still friends and talk on a regular basis, but, um, but it was one of those things I think that, um, uh, I was meant to be, um, an owner on my own, um, yeah. rather than a partner. Um, and partners are great, but, um, um, I'm very aggressive and want to change. And so it, it was a good move for me to make sure that we're, that, that I took over. And so after a, a year and a half, I've taken over and we, we went from there. Looking back, like what kind of advice would you give somebody in that situation today? And is it because the market has changed, um, you know, and it's a different world than it was in 2000 or, uh, you know, everything being equal, do you look back and say, you know, if, if you were coming out of pharmacy school, you're going to gain so much insight. You should work at an independent for five years first, or you should work in a, a, a big box and, and know your enemy and then <laughs> go to a, uh, an independent for three years. You know, what, uh, what do you think would be ideal if you were, uh, looking back with, with what you know now? Um, ideal would, would be working with an independent for a few years. Um, I will say the ad- advantage of going out and truly going on your own. Um, and my partners were, like I said, were great people, but they weren't in the store. Um, one of them walked in the, the store once and said, Oh, it looks great. And he left. And, and the other one spent a little bit of time there, but, but we never worked the counter together. We never took care of patients together. Um, that's not necessarily the ideal situation. Um, but what it does, what it does present and, and give you is a, you have to be able to solve problems. And to me, that's that's what you want to be able to do. And that's what community pharmacy practitioners do is we just solve problems. And so um, ideally, though, I think if you could work for three or four years um, with an independent and then open your practice, um, I will say the advantage of 
not um, not ever working for anybody else is uh, I wasn't used to making a certain salary. Um, yeah. You know, when, when I graduated from a residency, um, you know, what I was making as an independent owner was not what my friends were making, but it was a whole lot better than it was when I was a resident. Um, now, I'll t- I told a story again this week about um, how when I when I first opened up, I had a house in Memphis where I went to pharmacy school, bought a house in McKenzie. Um, and um, so I would go to the bank to borrow money um, for the business um, to write myself a check to pay my two mortgages. And yeah. so um, that's not for everybody. Um, but I'm, I'm risk averse. And so I'm not, um, um, you have to be, um, a little aggressive, a little, um, you know, enjoy risk a little bit to do this. Um, so, um, so if, if you had the opportunity, I definitely would, would work with somebody, but, um, if you had the right person and they were aggressive enough, um, I wouldn't hold anybody back, um, from, from going to, to do it on their own initially. Now there's some, there's some hard lessons to learn, very hard lessons and expensive lessons that you learn when you do it on your own from scratch. Um, yeah. but, but sometimes then, then you look back and you're like, well, at least we, we made it through it, you know, and you grow through all those things. Yeah. I, um, I always, I always try to look at the, the, the mistakes that, that I've made that cost me money and opportunities and, uh, you know, and, and emotional scars and everything else. And I, and I try to look at those as, as an investment and, and myself and, you know, like you, you got to keep moving forward and, and don't let that, uh, bring you down. But, um, I, I think really, it sounds like you, you kind of have to know yourself too, um, for that. That's definitely not for everybody. And, you know, what, what's interesting is through this podcast and just through working at Pioneer RX, I've, I've met so many pharmacists that, um, just have different personalities and different focuses. You know, there's some, pers- there's some personalities that are amazing business owners, uh, and that's the part of pharmacy that they really enjoy. And then there are pharmacy leaders who are changing, you know, the the industry and raising the bar who aren't owners because they don't enjoy the, you know, business back room side of it. They really enjoy the clinical and patient care side of it. So, you know, it's, it sounds like self-awareness is a is a huge part of that. But but I can also see if you come out of uh, pharmacy school, you've you've been you know hungry. You're going through school. You're working hard, and then you finally get to that level of comfort uh, that that comes with um, you know being a, a bench pharmacist somewhere. It can be really hard to go backwards. And <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the situations will. I guess a big advice is the situation will never be perfect. Um, yeah. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine recently. And, and the price of pharmacies are down right now. Um, so if you're looking at buying a pharmacy, now is a great time um, from the purchase side. Now, the business, we're not making as much money. So that's why there's one of the reasons why they're, the price of them are down. The other is the buyers are out of the market. Um, you know, there's not as many chains buying pharmacies as there was. But, um, but we talked and, and he's like, hey, I want to pay off my student loans before I buy a pharmacy. Um, I want to pay off my truck before I, you know, I'd really like to have more paid on my house. Well, it's never going to be perfect. Um, you're never going to, you know, unless you just happen to win the lottery and you've got tons of money. And if you do, you probably need to do something outside of pharmacy. Um, if you're really interested in making lots of money, um, but it's never going to be perfect. And so yeah. a lot of people I see want to own their own pharmacy, um, but, but they don't never take that step because um, the scenario is never perfect. You know, having two mortgages, 
um, having a business loan, starting from scratch, filling 13 prescriptions your first day. That's not uh, that's not ideal. That's not where you want to be. And was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. But um, um, if you wait for it to be perfect, um, I think you'll be waiting forever and then you'll be, um, you know, retirement age going, man, I wish I'd really bought a pharmacy. I wish I tried it. You know, um, it's um, so you can you can put as many challenges in in front of you as you you want to. There's always going to be something. Um, But to me, I'm always looking for the positive. Where can we go forward? What can we make out of this? Let's take advantage of the opportunities that we can when we can when we can take advantage of them. Um, And I'm I'm definitely a glass half full person, not a glass half empty. Um, And I, I try to steer away from people that are are negative and looking for those problems. I'm always looking for a solution. Um, and, and that's what keeps, I think that's what's made us successful for 20 years, um, 22 years now, um, you know, starting from scratch is that we're always looking for a solution. Yeah. Outlooks are really contagious. So yeah, <laughs> make sure you have people with that positive outlook around you. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that timing is, is never right with anything in life. You know, is it, is it the right time to get married, to have kids, to you know, go back to school to there, there's always adversity, uh, with, with any of those. So you move into that first, uh, pharmacy ownership role. Um, tell me, tell me how that kind of, uh, moved forward into four locations. Well, um, uh, one of the big things was really, it was just keeping my ears open, um, talking to people, um, you know, finding out, um, asking sales reps and, and suppliers, Hey, do you know of anybody that's, that's, that might be willing to, to, to sell. And I had the opportunity where a couple of people, um, called and said, Hey, do you want to, you want to buy my, my pharmacy? I bought, um, my second location, which I then, um, uh, transferred to, to someone else for ownership, sold it, but, um, uh, two years in. So we were, I was at two stores in two years. And then, um, 2008 was a big year. We opened a store and built a store. Um, and then, um, uh, and then really we were a little, um, uh, stagnant for a while. We didn't have a lot of growth. Um, we were, we were growing inside, but not, um, not outwardly. Um, and one of those reasons is one of the stores that I opened just never panned out. And I kept the money from all the other locations were feeding it, trying to keep it afloat. Um, and um, um, probably one of the wisest business decisions I ever made was to to, to combine two two locations, which was hard because I'm not a quitter. I don't like I don't like the idea of all right, just tapping out and being done. But um, that actually started turning things around. Whenever we combined the two locations, our business actually went, picked up. Um, they were about four miles apart um, in a in a town of about seventy thousand people. So that four miles is far enough that they, you would think they would be okay, but they just never did. One of them, the locations never did well. And that was one of the biggest uh, mental challenges for me um, was to say, yeah. all right, let's just throw that in, throw the towel in. And that's one of the lessons I learned hard. You know, we could have um, been in a different place financially if we had had done that sooner. Um, and um, so now I know. So, I mean, that, those are the kind of things that well, you wish you, you know, you wish you could do over, but, um, it changes the way that I think about things now. And, um, it definitely, um, uh, definitely makes me a better business person knowing that that one location was not the right one. Now let's, let's go and, and move somewhere else. And so, so we, we sat with, um, uh, two locations for several years, four, three, four or five years. And, um, and honestly, um, so tw- about 20, 
17, 18, um, somewhere in that, that, um, uh, that time frame, um, I had a, a, a medical issue. I actually started having, um, uh, weird sensations down my spinal cord where I've started, where I couldn't, I just fall out, like not pass out, but just where I would lose control of my arms and legs oh, um, gosh. Got, and, and got to the point, um, where, um, I could not, I'm right-handed, uh, uh, and I could not feed myself. Uh, with my right arm. And so I finally, after that, decided I needed to go to a doctor when I was trying to shave one day and I was going like, you know, picking my arm up to, to get the razor to my face. I thought, well, maybe I need to get this checked out. Um, and um, so uh, basically the part of the bones in the, my um, uh, vertebra were, were blocking the spinal column. They had grown in about half the way and, and had blocked part of that, um, the spinal cord. And, and the physician came in and talked to me and he said, um, he said, this is not an emergency, but I would say we probably need to do this in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, <laughs> so I'm like, so, okay. And I said, well, what if I don't? He said, well, I think you'll be paralyzed from the neck down. And so um, honestly, that changed a lot of how I thought about things. I became um, um, a lot more aggressive in business, um, a lot more aggressive in life, um, started um, um, trying to take advantage of every day um, a little differently. And really then I think the gladiator mindset um, came on me of how do you, how do you battle every day and how do you make sure that you're taking advantage of every opportunity that you have? And, and so that, that really changed me, but also changed the, our pharmacy practice and where I'm looking at. Um, so that was a, that was a really the, the uh, evolutionary standpoint, you know, where if you look for a point in time in your life, when that happens, uh, w what changes you, that's it. Four surgeries and in, in less than two years, um, it was a really, um, a challenging situation, but, um, but it's made us much more successful because of the challenges that we faced, um, you know, that I faced because of that. Yeah. So adversity definitely builds character and, and, and creates a sense of, uh, urgency. You know, I, you, know you look back at some of the most difficult times in your life, uh, and, and, those also seem sometimes to be some of the most impressive times where your character was strongest, you know, like, uh, you know, I can't imagine, you know, writing papers and, and, and staying up all night studying and then working two full-time jobs. And, uh, you know, like the, the, the workload that I put on myself in school versus, you know, um, everyday life when you, when you kind of start to settle in a little bit. Um, so it is a, a, a you know, a, a little bit of a wake up call, I guess. Um, did that also give you any insight into your patients? You know, that's one of the things that we talk about so much is, you know, connecting with your patients and the the importance of adherence and, and you know, looking at those labs and being proactive. And then as somebody who is in that space every day, you're you know, you're ignoring this, this problem that's creeping up on you that, you know, is, is going to be affecting your health. And so, you know, have you, were you able to dissect that, that psychology of yourself and kind of say, man, maybe this can help me connect with my patients better if I kind of bring that to work with me? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, it, if you, if you were that, um, if you separated it, um, and didn't apply it, I think you would, um, lost a great opportunity to, to help people. So um, definitely it changed my perspective, um, uh, opened my mind to, to look for um, uh, to look for issues people have, to be able to talk to them and, and whether it be diabetes, um, diabetes and, a, and, a, and nerve issues, neurology are two different 
issues, but mentally sometimes they're the same. Psychologically, they're the same. You know, um, I can see why diabetics sometimes say, ah, oh, it's okay. I really don't need to control my blood sugar because they're just putting it off, putting it off. And so I see um, I, that helps a lot. And so um, it's really changed the way that I can sit down and talk to somebody and they tell me what's really going on. You know, you don't, you don't seem like you're doing well, you know, or, or you're, you're, you're not taking your medicine like you're supposed to. Um, and it gives that opportunity to have that uh, more open dialogue um, with people rather than just um, uh, humans in general can easily be judgmental. Um, yeah. You're thinking, well, why in the world aren't they doing that? They should know better. And then when it's when things smack you in the face and you're like, mm, now I get it. You know, it's it's easy to to start putting things off on yourself thinking, well, it'll never get me. Nothing will really affect me. And so it definitely is a help um, help me when we're dealing with patients and 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 trying to solve problems for them and finding that motivation of to to make sure that they're adherent that they're they're doing what they're supposed to do um and so it, it definitely what gave me a, a um, an insight into to myself and then patients in general yeah which, which i think is really what's key about independent pharmacy is that that connection and and so when you're able to you know Look, look inside for the, for those new ways to connect. I think is always great. So you you mentioned you know living every every day a, l a little bit stronger and you know having a more aggressive um, uh, sense of purpose. And it seems like you're definitely uh, still carrying that torch with you know all the different hats that you're wearing. So between four pharmacies, um, you know, a what does your role look like on those? Uh, you know, and, and that day to day, or are you, you know, spending time at each of those, or are you more strategic and 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 separated? And then, how does that factor in also to the other responsibilities as a county commissioner and and as the president elect of the Tennessee Pharmacy Association? You know, how uh, how's your day look, and how how do you how do you keep all of those tasks in in balance? Right, and and it it really is a challenge. Um, but but I enjoy it. Um, I, I was complaining one night. I'm not really com I'm hopefully not complaining too bad. But my dad called me. It was about 1030 at night. And he says, what are you doing? I said, one of the cows got out. And he said, one of the cows got out. I said, yeah. I said, you know, I was I can't believe it. I'm out here messing with a fence at 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. <laughs> and he said, you wouldn't have it any other way. And he's absolutely yeah. correct. I would not have it any other way. Um, and so. Um, so depending on the week and, and the day, um, I will um, I'll work on the um, the, the counter um, t at least a couple three days a week. Um, try to um, uh, I have, I've tried to pull myself. I used to be on the counter five days a week trying to run everything, and it became almost impossible. Um, so I've pulled myself off to to try to work more as a CEO than a than a um, a bench pharmacist. Um, but I'll be very candid. I love dealing with patients. Um, I love the challenges of business, but I like um, dealing with patients and, and monoclonal antibodies was a perfect example of when nobody here knew how to do it. I was coming in, you know, to, to, to treat patients and I would drive an hour from location to location if we had a, a patient that needed to be taken care of, because I just, I do love that, that patient contact. Um, but I, but I, as you mentioned, I, I am a County commissioner. I'm on the the Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors um, for our one of the, the cities that we're located, the one that I live in. Um, uh, County Commissioner, um, 
also have a, a six-year-old and an 18-year-old. So there's there's activities, you know, you're running from t-ball games to, to, to soccer games and, and that kind of thing. Um, but um, I, I, it's, it's a challenge sometimes to, to, to have a good work-life balance because work could occupy 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you allowed it. Um, but um, but I, I like that challenge of how do you get it all done? Um, yeah. Uh, but I do see me work moving more into a, a CEO, CEO role um, uh, since 2020. Um, that was a that was a changing uh, part for for Phipps Pharmacy, not because of the pandemic. The pandemic was huge for everybody. But I had decided um, I did a little survey from Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker guy. Mm-hmm. And this is what drives you. And I, I did the survey and, and it came out that what drives me is change. And so once I, I knew it, but I never had really thought of it the, the, the way that it presented it. And so in the first quarter of 2020, we um, changed wholesalers, changed buying groups, changed PSAOs. We switched to Pioneer RX and I opened a location all in the first quarter. Wow. <laughs> um, not to mention a pandemic occurred, um, sure. you know, which, which, was, which would have been enough. Um, so all that was the first quarter. Um, then a year later, we bought our fourth store, fourth store, which would have been in July of 21. And so um, identifying that that change and trying to figure out, like, how do you how do you change and how do you make things better? Um, you know, we've changed um, phone systems in the last two years. Um, we've become active with CPSN in the last two years. All those because um, I really identified that I enjoy that change and and. And either you, you change quickly or you lose, um, is my opinion. And so we've tried to be adaptive and not change things that are, are working well, but but find find where we're missing and and make change to get to to solve problems and solutions um, in our business. And so it really has evolved. Um, Phipps Pharmacy has doubled its staff numbers in the last two years. Oh, wow. Um, and so um, and a lot of that's just because. Um, we're committed to, you know, committed to, to, to finding those problems and solving them. Um, we've added, um, I call them community um, relations specialists, which are our sales and marketing positions that are out talking about our pharmacy in the community. We do strip packaging, which we call FIPS pack. Um, we do immunization clinics on um, offsite. Um, we do um, compounding. And so we're out talking to providers and that kind of thing. Those are things that I, I sat back and thought, I need to find somebody. I need to find somebody. And then really in the last few years decided, all right, let's, let's quit talking about it and thinking about it. Let's just go ahead and make the change and, and do it. And so, yeah. um, and really I, I know it's a pioneer podcast, but I, I've, I've been one of the biggest changes we've made and my staff is happy with the changes with pioneer. We're so much more efficient. We can do more things. And that's really what I, I, I wanted to do. I wanted to look at um, everything in the marketplace and, and where, and what's the best? What gives us the best tools? The tools to be successful. And there's some others out there that are, are do a good job, but I don't think to the to the extent that, that Pioneer has done. And that gives us opportunities to do more patient care, um, yeah, in le- in less time, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I might be a little bit biased, uh, <laughs> just given my title, but but you know, it's it's that exact focus that you know we we spend a lot of time talking to pharmacists and, and you know. Uh, align our, you know, programming and our development with, with those same goals. And so it just, just seems to work well. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a lot of, 
um, kind of enhanced services, I guess, that you, you guys offer. I guess you're doing MedSync. If you are offering strip packaging, what kind of strip packaging are, are you offering? Well, we have the Prada Pass. Um, yeah. So, um, and it's actually a, a an interesting story. Um, uh, we have a, we have a lot of FIPS programs here. We do FIPS pack. We had last year. We had a uh, our, our uh, pharmacy picnic was Fipsapalooza. Um, we go on <laughs> we go we go on Fips field trips. Um, a I year and a half ago, um, a year and a half ago, I took all my Latex, um, and we went to Bob Lowe next door because my oh, text nice. did, my text didn't believe we could do MedSync. They thought I was nuts. Oh, this isn't going to help. This isn't going to change. And and so I said, just get in the car. We're going on a trip. So it's a couple hours went and and they saw it. And and so we're now we're still not where I where I want to be, but. Um, two of the locations are in that 40 to 50% range of MedSync. Um, the other two, the store we bought in July is just now starting because, um, they did not, um, uh, before we, before I purchased that store, they didn't have a point of sale. They had a regular oh, cash wow. register. So they were a little behind. Um, they didn't have COVID vaccines. Um, they, they were, um, we're getting them there. Um, but, but MedSync definitely has made a, a a change to our practice. And, and, um, we were discussing it the other day, sometimes, uh, setting a patient up can be a little, um, challenging mentally. You know, how do you figure out how many tablets to give them this, that, and the other. Um, and I said, is it, was it better when people would walk in on Monday morning and say, Hey, I need my 20 things right now. Or is it better right. to have, the, or is it better to have the mental challenge of how do you organize them and get them set up? Obviously it's easier to, 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 to med sync them. And so my staff is recognizing that now, and that's, that's been an advantage. And then, so with that, uh, we are just to the point now where we're going to start, you know, making sure that the, the new pneumonia vaccines are provided to the patients that need to, are we identifying, um, you know, people that haven't had Shingrix and that kind of thing. And so, um, we're really getting to that point where there's enough med sync where we can, the pharmacists can do more than, here, Will, here's your stuff, you know, sure. which is where you're, you're at in a, in a lot of pharmacies. And I've been there. Um, and so we're, we're definitely moving, uh, moving to that. Um, we have not done um, point of care testing yet, but that's, that's next on my radar um, to, um, we did a little bit of COVID testing at one of our locations, um, but that's the next thing on my radar to, to add to our repertoire of, of services that we provide. Um, yeah. That just makes so much sense. You know, um, and I think that's one of the things COVID really kind of opened the door to is just uh, normalizing that that service that just makes so much sense. You know, when somebody um, has flu symptoms, just to be able to go to one stop, get in and out neighborhood pharmacies. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where that is in a couple of years. Um, but but I, I think it, it's going to be just like providing flu shots. Um you know, that's exciting to see. So you guys also offer a couple things that are kind of unique to FIPS Pharmacy. Uh, so you have your preferred immunity boosters and you guys are doing the B12 injections. And I thought those were two interesting products that you guys are offering that um, definitely benefit the patient. Also, probably more profitable than, um, you know, dispensing uh, prescription medications on their own. So how did those come about and how... Um, how, how does that work uh, from from the 
business angle, I guess, and from a, uh, a pharmacy side or, or those, you know, internally written prescriptions or those all OTC items uh, and, and do you package those? So the immunity, immunity boosters actually started really when um, when COVID happened, when I, when we started seeing that, and and there was a lot of talk about zinc and and D three and those things, and so um, we'll spent some time researching, um, and, and that's one of the times we used our our pharmacy students well to make sure um, we had APP students and we put them to work to say, hey, not only what are you going to put in it, but um, but how are you going to label it? How do you make the FDA happy? with your labeling and that kind of thing. And, and so, um, and, and that's moved really well. Um, as, um, uh, you've seen the ebb and flow of, of COVID, you've seen the ebb and flow of the immunity boosters, you know, there'll be times mm-hmm. when you can't keep them, keep them made up. Um, and then you'll have times, you know, um, last summer, um, for a little bit, it was like, seemed like they didn't move at all. And I get that. And I think we'll see that. Um, but I think we'll be able to see that, um, every uh, fall and, and, and winter, uh, I think we'll see them increase and then and probably slow back down in the spring and, and pick back up the, the following fall. The B12, we've been doing those for a while, um, 15 years or so probably. Um, oh, wow. And that's um, and we have a we have a protocol with a local physician. And so you can come in um, while appointments are are nice. Um, we allow people to come in as long as they'll give us time to, you know, they may have to wait a few minutes for us to, to get to them, but we do those monthly for patients. Um, and that is actually a great, um, a great, uh, revenue, um, source. Um, and then, and really for a long time, we didn't take full advantage of that. If Will came in to get his B12 every month, all right, th- here, we'll get you taken care of and we'll get you your B12. You, you hand us your money and you leave. Um, and so now we've trying to do a much better job of going, Will, do you, do you take any medications? You know, um, can we right. help you? You know, oh, oh, you travel a lot. Can we package for you? You know, that kind of thing. And so um, uh, we're not really there um, 100% every staff member every time, but but we're taking advantage of those kind of things um, and trying to, you know, it's it's you don't always get people walking in your door. You know, and yeah. when, you get, when yeah. you get them in the door, you better take advantage of it. Um, and that's really I'm, – I'm sitting in our Huntington location, which is the one that opened – March 25th of 2020. And, um, and it's, um, it's really doing well. I've, I've said, I've thought for that it will be our busiest location overall, even though it's just been here two years now, but it's, we were the first ones in West Tennessee to have COVID vaccine. So we have people driving from Atlanta and Birmingham to Huntington, Tennessee, um, to get the vaccine. Um, we did drive through clinics and, and when we did, I had a brochure about the pharmacy and I'd say, Hey, I'm Jay Phipps. Thank you for coming to um, to see us and letting us give you your COVID vaccine. If you need anything else, you come back and see us. And so um, uh, those are 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 marketing things that um, um, I really help pay. It helps us, but it also helps patients because they don't know the services you do. But when I give them a brochure talking about we do immunity boosters and B12s and and Phipps pack, then 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 we get that that feedback later. They may not on that that day do anything with it, but they'll. They know the services there, and they're much more likely to come back and and take advantage of them. Yeah, I, I think that's such a challenge is getting patients to, um, you know, really be cognizant of the importance of uh, those services. And and if you have something like a COVID vaccination, well, that's a that's an amazing catalyst because that is important. They know that that's important. Uh, 
Um, you know, and if you look at like therapeutic class adherence, I think you'd probably see that if there's something that patients feel, you know, if it's something for heartburn, maybe their adherence is inherently going to be better because they can tell if they don't take it. Whereas maybe something, you know, for hypertension when left to their own devices, it's probably going to have a lower adherence rate because they can't really feel it. So those B12 injections seem like a really great way to, you know, kind of have that marketing that people feel like they're doing something healthy. They can feel a difference uh, when, when they get their their B12 injection. They can, you know, they have a, a positive physical response to that, you know, and, and being able to use that as the vehicle to you know, convey the importance of your other services to get them in the door, make make a little bit of money on 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 that service. That that's a win win. That's great. But but again, also being able to to really have that. Hey, see how good this service is. Look at all these other services. Um, you know, it's it's such a great way to get people in the door and to start conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think one of the the. The next thing that's on our short list of things to do after point of care testing, which is outside the normal pharmacy realm, um, uh, is is do the MIC, the weight loss injections, um, and then um, and then adding Botox to the repertoire. Um, and so that those are things that we're looking at getting the right protocols in place to to be able to do that. And whether that be us or um, we have some nursing staff and medical assistants on on staff to do those. But more of a health um, care destination rather than just a drugstore. Um, yeah. And I'm okay being a drugstore, but but let's get you in here to do um, other things. And 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 while while you're in here getting your weight loss injection, let's counsel about diet and exercise and those kind of things. And 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 that'll be that that that's that's another thing that's on my short list of things that we're going to start adding. Um, and um, and I, I'm excited about being able to to provide. A, a more well-rounded service rather than just pills in a bottle. Cause um, sure. as your intro always says, you know, pharmacists don't get excited about putting pills in a bottle and they don't. Um, yeah. And so that'll, those are all opportunities. I think that pharmacists, if you'll take advantage of them, we're all busy. It's all tough um, to find the time, but um, it gives us an opportunity to provide a service that, that the patients need. Um, and, um, and we're the, the center of their, um, of their, monthly trips anyway. So why not take advantage of them while they're here and, and, and help the patients and help us at the same time? Yeah. So, you know, it, there's so many moving parts to that, but you can you can start to see how it comes together. You know, when you when you do have that patient going through a MedSync process where you're doing that monthly MedSync call, which you're, you know, basically doing a, a CMR, uh, you know, you're you're looking at all of their adherence uh, you're looking at their their drug history, their immunization history. You're asking them questions and feedback. You can kind of see where that appointment based model starts to take place, um, you know, and 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 makes sense. But how do you see all those services working together? Do you see that as um, you know, kind of that concierge model where you know you join our weight loss, um, you know, the the FIPS weight loss plan. And and that includes the the wellness aspect and and the weight loss and and the B twelve and or or do you see those as you know a la carte services? I think you, I think they could be presented either way. Um, okay. We may start as as a la carte services and then we may look at a full encompassing program. Um, and so that really will just um, 
it just depend on how it evolves. We'll, we'll start and see. Um, I think, um, just as an initial a la carte thing, we'll, we'll, we'll start in that direction and see where, see where it ends up and see if there's that demand. Um, I see people all the time on InstaFace, um, uh, doing these high dollar uh, weight loss programs from non-healthcare providers, you know? Right. And so I do think that's a great opportunity, um, for us to, to make that, to put that program together. Um, people that have, have um, basically just made a lifestyle change and now they're selling that lifestyle change to other people, which is, which is great. But I think we can, we can add um, a different level of, of experience and knowledge that, that those, uh, a lot of those uh, people can't do. And so uh, I do see that as, as evolving into a, to a more complete program. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, w- I was looking at the, um, uh, the, Phipps Pharmacy uh, Facebook page, and you guys have a lot of great content up there. Uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about your employee engagement, computer, uh, community engagement, because there's some really neat things. First off, um, congratulations on the recent NICE Award. Uh, I think that's really, really cool to see uh, pharmacies being recognized for you know what what community pharmacies are doing and in, in their communities. Uh, so often. So uh, big props on that. If anybody hasn't um, uh, heard of the NICE Awards, those are the NCPA awards that um, are handed out in various categories every year. Yours was with, uh, was it community outreach? Engagement. Yeah. Um, so you guys really rallied around uh, a local local um, natural disasters, flood, and you guys were there to really serve your communities. One of the things that I, I thought was really neat was you advertised um, on Facebook that you're here with, you know, some of the basic uh, household needs or just a conversation. And and I was really thinking about that. It's like probably nobody's going to say, hello, I'm, I'm here for one conversation, please. But it does set uh, a nice pace of like everything is chaotic right now and everybody's in a hurry and and when I go there I don't need to be you know I can I can slow down and and I, I don't need to be in a hurry there and I thought that was a really neat thing to just kind of set that expectation within your community right um, and, and we have a lot of people that run in and out and and that's that's good we've tried to go with a, a boutique type feel at all the locations all of them all the locations now have um all but one have their their um their their chairs set up in circles we've got games in in the in the table in the middle and you'd be amazed how many people will come in wait on the prescription and start playing tic-tac-toe with a stranger um i never thought it would happen (laughs) um it kind of gives you that um uh, kind of feel that you get at Cracker Barrel where you're playing checkers kind of thing. But um, and we've put coffee bars in, in all of them where we have a, just a cure egg and, and and people will come in and and, and sit. And some people will just come in and have a cup of coffee and sit down. Um, uh, but but if nothing else, um, you know, while they're waiting on their acute meds and they're, you're trying to get them taken care of. Hey, if you'd like to have you know a, a cup of coffee while you wait, it makes things so much better easier. They're not standing there staring at you going, Hey, how much longer, how much longer? Um, not that our wait times are long, but sometimes people are in a rush, but it's really interesting of how much more relaxed they've become as that's happened. And they grab a cup of coffee, they sit down, they start talking to people that they, instead of looking at their phone, which is what everybody does, stares down at their lap, you know, with their phone in their hands, they're much more likely to have a conversation, um, with each other. Um, and then with our staff, because they're, 
it just gives a more relaxed atmosphere. Um, it really has has helped, um, uh, especially in our compounding location when things aren't automatically made up and we do some um, some anticipatory compounding. And so, but we don't always have, it still may take a little while to get it in the right container um, yeah, kind sure. of thing. And so that gives them time to, to kind of chill a little bit, especially if they live out of town and they can have a, have that nice relaxed thing. And then, you know, talk to us about what's going on at the T-ball game or what's going on at the high school or, or um, what's all, whatever's, you know, who's running for County office or, or state office. And, and we have those kind of conversations um, that you don't get in a, in a big box store. You'll never get that in a big box store. Um, and when you walk in, we're going to say, we're going to know about their children and their families and ask how they're doing. And they're going to ask about ours. Um, and so uh, to me that, um, that makes the, the difference. Well, everybody can give a drug and a bottle at a reasonable amount of time. And pretty much now almost maybe not a nickel, but very similar pricing. So that's not the commodity. The commodity is the care that you provide to them while they're there. Um, and it's not all about their blood pressure. Sometimes it's about how they how they feel, um, how their family's doing, that kind of thing. So, Yeah. So with four locations delivering, um, you know, that kind of community engagement, uh, it's going to be difficult to keep that consistent and keep everybody on the same page, um, you know, when you have – how, how many employees uh, would you say between the four locations? 42, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty big team to keep on the same page. Um, on your on your Facebook page, I, I saw pictures from the 2022 uh, Phipps Pharmacy Forum. Uh, a lot of alliteration with, with Phipps Pharmacy. <laughs> it, um, and what's interesting about that, it's a funny story, but I mean um, – I have a speech impediment. I had a speech impediment when I was a kid. I could not see Fs. So when you are Jay Phipps and you own Phipps Pharmacy and you have a Phipps Apalooza or a Phipps Pharmacy Forum or a Phipps Pack, I have to, um, when I answer the phone, I will stop because it's hard for me to, to say those things still. And so um, uh, it's really interesting. I almost did not name the pharmacy Phipps Pharmacy because I struggled saying it. Um, and, and and I'm really glad I did. My accountant talked me into it. I'm glad he did. Um, but there are a lot of alliteration. So yeah, we have a forum. Um, we missed a year because of COVID, but we try to do that, um, yearly where we get together. And and this year we talked a lot about packaging and, and our FIPS pack program and how we set people up and we're delivering all over West Tennessee, which is a 70 mile radius. So 140 miles, um, from our, our packaging location. So we're making sure everybody's on the same page. Um, talk about um, the customer experience. Um, to me, it's more about an experience and an interaction. Um, interaction is easy. Um, they do that at the convenience store. Um, sure. I want to, I want you to have a good experience while you're here. Um, and so those have like the forum and our Fipsapalooza where we get together and hang out together as a, um, as a family, you know, that kind of off of work atmosphere. I think that's really helped getting, getting people on the same page so that, um, our staff knows the expectations. Um, we have weekly meetings um, with my directors of pharmacy and, and my uh, marketing director um, and to make sure we're on the same page. And, and then when I'm, I, tr- I do try to visit every location um, at least every, every two weeks at minimum. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll go in and that way I can, I can, you know, in Huntington two weeks ago while I was there and I noticed the way they were bagging things and it worked. 
but it was inefficient, you know? Sure. And I said, because they were bagging and setting things to be hung up in the counseling area, um, because that was the easiest place to set it. And so we immediately, maybe came in with a solution, got them a bagging station so they can bag scripts after they're checked to, to go to hang and will call. But then that allows that experience to be better because before the experience was about speaking over a pile of stuff that was waiting to be picked up, um, which is not a good experience <laughs> right. at all. Um, no. <laughs> and, and so, but, but me allowing myself to be at every location, at least every couple of weeks helps with that. Um, and, um, and having that interaction with our staff, you know, uh, with the directors every week, um, has really, I think made a big difference too, because we can identify problems and then they can, it's not about me communicating to them. It's about them communicating with everyone. You know, it's all of us communicating together because we can all learn from each other. And um, and I'll learn something from it every time. Um, every time we meet, it's not just about me laying down the laws of how we're going to do things. It's about, you know, here's an issue. What solutions do you have? And it mm-hmm. really has it, that kind of communication is has, has helped tremendously. Um, I believe it. And that's really and I got that because I went to executive leadership class at Vanderbilt. And, um, and it was interesting to get, I was the only pharmacy person in the room, um, uh, fortune 500 people from fortune 500 companies there. And it was a great experience because, um, I know what pharmacy does. I don't know what the business world necessarily does. So it was a great experience. And they're like, if you're not meeting at least every week or two with your, with your directors, they're not going to know where you're at, you know, or what you, what you want. And it's harder to communicate that vision. And so, um, that's made a big change. Um, trying to have that communication with them um, consistently. Those are things that I was still running it like a one store operation. Mm. Um, and it, it slapped me in the face like, no, you can't run it like a one store operation. Cause if you do, somebody's going to, somebody's going to get overlooked. And, and which means that people in that area are not going to be taken care of the, the way that I want to take care of them. Yeah. And so even more, it seems like you can't even run your own business. Like, uh, uh, in a silo any longer, uh, you know, independent pharmacies really need to work together at this point. Um, you know, even bigger than outside your own walls or your own company or your own, uh, you know, multi-store, uh, locations. Uh, so how do you see that moving forward and, and, and how do you see your role, uh, to, to improve the, the pharmacy landscape, uh, you know, I've, there's a lot going on locally there with HB 2660 and, and there's, uh, so many opportunities, you know, with, with your role in the, uh, uh, pharmacy association there in Tennessee. So I'm curious to see what you see coming down the pipeline after, you know, the changes we've seen in Arkansas recently and nationwide. Well, it's really interesting. You asked earlier how my, how my week, planned out and I'm, I'm trying to, to work a, a new avenue uh, in, into my into my normal work week, which is um, to use the experience that I have and, and talk to other other pharmacists. Um, one of the things we're going to do, and I'm going to use this to, to plug it, I've been talking to, to Todd Yuri at the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're going to start a Pharmacy Gladiator podcast. And, and, nice. and, and, and to me, the exciting part of that is, um, uh, you know, Pioneer does a great job with their podcast. I really enjoy it. I, I let, every Wednesday morning, I look to see what drops and I look to see who the guest <laughs> is. And I listen to it Wednesday morning before nine o'clock. So I've, I've already listened to, you know, this week's podcast and I, and I love it. Um, and there's other good podcasts out there, but sometimes they're vendor specific. 
Um, and I want someone, it doesn't, I would like to be agnostic in the, in the world of, it doesn't matter if they're a pioneer user or a user of another program. It doesn't matter if they buy from Amerisource Bergen, Cardinal or Smith drug. Um, and so what I like to do is get those, um, uh, people that are doing unique things, um, irregardless of what programs they're, they're using. And, and that way we can all share because we all need to, to learn from each other. Um, and so that, that, that's kind of, that's going to be one of the, the things that, that you'll, you'll see new, new, um, uh, coming up, uh, the pharmacy, um, gladiator, um, podcast. So I'm excited about, about starting that and, and then pulling people from every practice, um, and pulling them together regardless of, of vendors or affiliations. Um, but, um, I'm also spending a lot of my time just this week on Tuesday, I had a lunch with a pharmacist, independent community pharmacist, um, about what, 30 miles from me. And he was asking what and I asked, asked how we did some things. And so we went and had lunch and, and talked about, um, talked about issues, had a guy call me yesterday from a, a another pharmacy about 45 minutes away, um, um, asking about buying groups and, and wholesalers primarily. But then we spent a long time talking about central fill and how do we get the right policies and procedures in place, um, and, and making sure those things are um, in place. And that's one of the things that I, I think the, the avenue of, of podcasting will allow you to do too, is you can have that conversation with a lot of people. Um, instead yeah. of just having that one-on-one, you can then have somebody that's really good at MedSync and then um, and then let everybody learn from that. Who, who's doing the best practices kind of thing. So that'll be the, uh, to me, that's the, you know, the next big step. I will be very active with, um, um, TPA over the next um, uh, next year, and then next year as president, and then um, continue on the board for um, uh, three years after that. I'm mean, excited about that opportunity. Been very involved politically. We've had um, representatives and and uh, speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives was in in the pharmacy a couple of weeks ago. We've had um, senators come in. Um, We've had um, U.S. representatives and trying to stay active politically. Um, a unique story: the um, our U.S. representative um, emailed me recently, or a staff member did, and said, um, "Hey, what's what do you think of this DIR um, situation? Do we need to send a letter to CMS saying we need to get rid of DIR fees?" And <laughs> and I laid out, and of course, yeah, we had, yes, we please, to, yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> Amen. And, I, um, and so it was it was actually great because um, I gave this list of experiences that I had and um, his letter included those. And so they emailed back the next day and said, hey, he sent a, he's signing on the letter. He's doing it. So um, and, and any pharmacist can do that. And I encourage you to regardless of what state you're in, be involved, let them know who you are. We have a lot of people coming in and out of our doors. And so it's important that uh, that. Um, the, the legislators know that as well, that they know that we have an influence on on the patients that come in and out of our door. So um, so that's that one of the avenues. Um, I am excited about changes. There's a lot going on in the Tennessee um, um, House and, and Senate. And I'm hoping I'm very um, I always say hope is not a plan, but I'm very optimistic that, that they'll get <laughs> passed um, um, as is, which um, would include a mandatory dispensing fee in Tennessee, which would be huge. Um, for us. And so um, pharmacists are, are being active with their patients and trying to make sure that our, our legislators um, understand the importance of community pharmacy practice and what we do. And um, if the patients understand, if it's good for pharmacy, 
um, it's good for our patients. And if it's good for our patients, it's good for pharmacy. And I think that the legislation that's out there now is good for good for both. And that's exactly what we what we want to push and what we want to see um, see get done um, over the next now about two or three weeks in Tennessee. And then oh, wow. that'll lay the, that'll lay the foundation of whether we're going to be successful long term. Um, if we can get some some basic um, ground rules placed with PBMs, then that will give us the opportunity to go forward and, and be able to do these other activities that we're talking about, because at least um, the practice that we've been used to will be um, uh, solidified a little bit. We won't be as it won't be as stressed um, and we will be able to, to take care of patients because we're not worried about how much money's coming back on the backside, how many drugs are we getting bl- paid below cost, those kind of things. Yeah. What, what do you think is the best call to action for, you know, um, you know, a, a single independent owner out there, I, no matter what state you're in, I don't think that PBM uh, reform and, and DIR fee elimination, I, I don't think any of that's just going to happen um, on its own. So, you know, what, what's the best call to action? Is, is it a unified voice through the, the, the state um, pharmacy association? Is it, is there value in, in writing independently um, and, and reaching out? Like, give, give me a couple action steps if, I, if I'm currently not letting my voice be heard. Right. Um, I think number one, regardless of what state you're in, you need to join your state association. Um, secondly, you need to contribute to the PAC. Um, to whatever the state's pack is, um, irregardless of, of what your practice setting is. And most Pioneer users are in, independent community pharmacies. But but to me, it's just as important for um, hospital and long-term care consulting to, to be a member of those things. So that way that, that, that we do have more, more of a unified voice, that we can go out and speak, um, um, speak um, uh, for the profession of pharmacy. Um, secondly, Get to know your legislators um, as simple as a, 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 an email or a, or a letter. Let them, you know, introduce yourself. Um, I don't um, I don't know that 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 pharmacies pharmacists traditionally are not very, not very good salespeople. We just um, um, whether it be of our products or services or our professions. And so if we can have those relationships with uh, the legislators to say, hey, this is what we're doing to help your constituents, our patients. Um, and that way you lay that groundwork so that when you need them, they don't, they know who Jay Phipps is or they know who Will mm-hmm. is. And so I think that's, um, that's extremely important. And then I've got a, a interesting story. I have a, a local legislator that had a conversation with a really good friend of mine that's um, going to run for office. And um, uh, in the conversation, um, he, my friend went to ask him, said, you know, what do you think about running for office and the state level? And, and the guy put, picked up a check from United Healthcare for 10 grand. He says, we get these all the time. Well, pharma, the Tennessee Pharmacists Association, and I'm guessing Arkansas and Texas and lots of these places don't have enough money to, to write a check to a legislator for 10 grand. And that's right. because pharma, that's because pharmacists aren't active. Um, if you just, if you join the association, make at least a minimum of a, of a PAC donation. And then that gives us the opportunity to, um, you don't want to buy votes, but you want to be able to, to, to be able to uh, have enough uh, financial skin in the game where they at least have your ear. And if you yeah. can do that, um, you know, if you give them a hundred and United healthcare gives them 10,000, um, it's, it's who, who are you going to listen to? 
Um, and same as if, if Pioneer writes your primary check, but you do a little consulting on the side and that's, an, that's just a small percentage of your income um, for the consulting, you're going to listen to, to Jeff at Pioneer if he says to do something rather than the consulting business. And so that's really the legislators are in the same position. Um, so uh, if we can get the get our pharmacist um, involved in that manner, um, uh, I think that'll, that'll be a big, a, a big step in the right direction. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I, I I do think that that is kind of a the 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 size of the microphone that you're using. You know, it, it's it, it definitely shows that hey, this is a this is a strong committed uh, part of your your state. Um, this is a big voice. We we do have a, a lot to say, and unfortunately, you know, uh, the language in that conversation sometimes is uh, you know is in that check, I guess, but. <laughs> um. The um, uh, but but I think that we're really at a tipping point. I know we we've been saying the pharmacy's changing, um, but I do think we're we're very close to a point where we need to to be extremely active to make sure that things are going in the right direction. Um, before I ran for TPA president, a good friend of mine um uh, asked me, said, "Do you have time for this?" And I said, "No, I don't have time, but my concern is if I don't do it now." I'll have plenty of time in the future. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> and, and, and for those of you that don't get that on front tide, it, it you, you'll get it in 20 or 30 minutes, but like, it's, it's one of those things of um, if, if we're not politically active now, if I'm not in, in that position now, then, then um, is a profession going to be here or, or community pharmacy practitioners going to be there. And so um, I think it's a, uh, it's extremely important to get involved now. I know everybody's busy, but if you're not involved now, um, uh, we have to be involved now to make sure we have a practice in the future. Yeah, yeah. There's there there's plenty of um, of urgency, uh, you know, in the day to day. But what the the wildly important goals, um, you know, are really important to uh, put ahead of the you know the daily urgencies. Uh, you know, focused on that big picture. I'm going to let you get back to your day. I know you have lots of battles to fight as a pharmacy gladiator. So. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, and uh, hopefully I'll get to do this again with you before too long. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.